Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. We're here together today for donuts, for one thing. We'll talk about those a little bit later. But to celebrate uh, the birth of Christ, not just the birth of Christ, but also uh, the things leading up to that, the crazy night that took place. Some say it is known as O Holy Night. O Holy Night. How do the words go? O Holy Night, late December. Something. A lot of you probably grew up in church or at least knowing the story of Christmas. Um, when I was growing up, I was raised by wolves and I, I just didn't know, I, we didn't go to church, I didn't know the whole story. And I remember uh, seeing a nativity set for the first time at my grandma's house and saying, what is this? My grandma's saying, oh, that's the manger. That's the baby Jesus. Don't you see the cows lowing? Does anybody know what cows lowing is? What it, okay. And so there's nativity sets and manger scenes, and a lot of you grew up with that kind of thing. Um, it's interesting, though, because we, we have these, these nativity sets and manger scenes that are, it's just like the sweetest little picture ever. And honestly, it's a bit of a disservice to what the actual experience would have been like at that time. If you think about it, the Christmas story is about a teenage girl who was pregnant by the Holy Spirit with her teenage husband, and the two of them are traveling on the back of a donkey while she's nine months pregnant, 80 to 120 miles. I've ridden a donkey. I had to ride a donkey for about four or five miles uh, in Honduras when I was injured at one point during uh, one of our mission trips. Donkeys aren't fun. Like there's a reason why people don't, uh, you know, it's not, uh, a donkey's not a pleasure animal. 80 to 120 miles, nine months pregnant on the back of a donkey. They get to a town. They find out that they have nowhere to stay whatsoever. There's no room at the inn. And so what we know is they, they found this manger that seemed to be perfectly set. Actually, scholars say it was a cave. It was just a cave where animals were taking shelter. And so it's pretty much the worst birth environment you could possibly imagine. Any moms in here who've given birth? The, the craziest birth story that I know personally is um, my wife's cousin used to live right in front of our house, the, the house in front of us um, with her second baby. Uh, she went into rapid labor and wasn't even able to get an ambulance there in time. She gave birth in the hallway of their house with her mom just barely arriving, her gathering up towels on her own and just, I gotta catch this thing. 
That story was nothing compared to this situation that Mary was dealing with. Just the worst setup, the scariest place to be in that kind of atmosphere. It was chaotic. It was dirty. You know, now we're like, you're at the hospital and you're like, um, did you, I need all of these instruments to be hermetically sealed. They weren't there. I also, in my studies, I haven't been able to find anything about a holy epidural. And there's this song called, Oh Holy Night. There's a phrase in that song that I want to zero in on today. And it says, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. The words that are described in this section of this song are the place that I believe we're living right now today. We're living in the weary world. Everybody that I talk to, I, I, it's really hard to come across people who are like, oh man, it's just been the best year. It's been, it's been pretty wearisome for most of us. And so... We're living in a place right now that's filled with anxiety. There's all kinds, there, there's nothing going on and there's just so much going on. And there's fear and worry. There's politics stuff, the economy stuff. Uh, everyone I know right now is getting coronavirus. I had to get um, tested two times this past week. The first one was botched because they touched my brain and it had blood all over the swab and blood ruins it. And I'm like, well, didn't you see the blood all over the Q-tip? Couldn't you have, like, let me know before I waited for the test to be done? There's families that are struggling all over the place. People who are out of work, businesses that are closing. A lot of people just fighting to stay above water. And yet there is possibly a thrill of hope. A thrill of hope about a long-awaited savior, a thrill of hope about a possibility that everything could maybe be different forever if this really is the Messiah who's in this cave, who was just born. Could it, could it be, could it really be him, the one we've been waiting for? Is there any weary in your world right now? You guys are so weary, you can't even answer. You're just like, yeah, you know. What I'm praying is that God would bring you to experience the thrill of hope that you can find in the faith of Christ and being able to rejoice in what it means that he was born because even in the chaos of the night, and so when Jesus was born, they didn't have a place to stay, and it was dirty, and it was, it was just, it was awful. Even in the chaos of the night, there is a new and glorious morn tomorrow. And so we don't just think about that holy night, we have to think about the next day when the sun comes up, and a Savior has been born, and it's a new and glorious morning. 
And it's different now because a day, a day with Jesus can change everything in your life. Because a day with Jesus can change everything in your life. And so we're going to try to focus today on the new and glorious morn. To do that, we have to go to the most depressing book of the Bible that there ever was. Lamentations. In the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, uh, this is a book that it, it's only five chapters long. It's in between the book of Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Jeremiah and Ezekiel were prophets of the Old Testament. And Lamentations, uh, for some context, this was around 500 and, you know, 575, 585 years before Jesus was born. It was during a time when Jerusalem had just fallen and people were as distraught as they could possibly be. Basically, if you have felt like your world has been crumbling over this past year, it was that times a hundredfold for the people of Jerusalem. That everything was falling apart and God was nowhere to be heard. God hadn't been heard from in 400 years at this point. And people were just saying, God, where are you? And the book of Lamentations begins with, honestly, whining and complaining and crying and hurting and grief and just pain and sadness. But after the first couple chapters in chapter 3, we see this switch take place in Lamentations where it moves from mourning to faith and to hope. Lamentations chapter 3, it says this in verse 19. I remember my affliction and my wondering. I remember the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so I believe that there are three kind of major truths that are inside of this text that can bring us the thrill of hope, even if you're in the midst of a weary world right now. The first one, if you're a note taker and you like uh, completing all the, the things, number one, first thing, a new day with Christ begins with, I'm sorry, it brings you, here's the note, exactly what you need, exactly what you need. A new day with Christ brings you exactly what you need. We're talking about the birth of Jesus today and that it is not just on that day, but any day that we experience him, we have the possibility of a new day. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. And I didn't say exactly what you want. I said what you need. Lamentations 3.24 says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I'll wait for him. 
How many of you know that um, you are supposed to be the best preacher in your life? Like, if you are ever relying on me for that, I'm, <laughs> I'm bailing. You are supposed to be the best preacher that is in your life. Where you're able to open up God's word and call it to mind and say things to yourself as reminders, just like he does in Lamentations chapter 3 right here. He says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I'll wait for him. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, I'll wait for him. And so, at this time, there's Israelites who are wandering around in the desert, who have no food, who have found themselves in a situation, we don't have time to get into all of it, but God begins to provide the Israelites with food every day. He gives them a portion. And this bread that rained from the sky was called manna, and it was exactly enough for one day. The Israelites tried to save it up and say, well, we don't, we don't have to go around collecting it in the morning and, and having just enough for one day. Uh, but the way that it was designed by God, it would rot at the end of the day. And so every day it had to start over again. That They had to come to recognize that this is my portion. The Lord is my portion. God's trying to teach them this truth that you need me every day. Like you can't just, you can't say, all right, on Tuesday, I'm going to gather up a whole bunch of God's stuff and then just not have to deal with them for a few days at least. Saying, I want you to, I want you to need me every day. In the New Testament, Jesus gives us a teaching later that would tell us, give us today our daily bread. It's again that reminder of a daily portion that is needed. And Lamentations, he says, I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I'll wait for him. A new day with Christ brings exactly what we need. Because God is already in tomorrow. He has everything that we need that tomorrow will bring. Manna, if that's what you need. For some of you, it's that your, your marriage needs manna right now. For some of you, it's financial trouble that you need to remind yourself that the Lord is my portion and I have what I need today and I'm trusting that he's going to give me what I need tomorrow. He's already in my tomorrow and so I can wait for him. His presence, his strength, his goodness. A new day with Christ brings you exactly what you need. The second thing that it brings you a new day with Christ brings you the hope to keep on going. The hope to keep on going. The belief that a new morning is coming, even if the night is chaos. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. See, us humans, us people, um, we, can, we can survive for about 40 days without food. Um, we can survive for about eight days without water. We can survive for about four minutes without oxygen. Um, 
but we can't really live at all without hope. Like, if you don't have hope, it's, it's bad, bad news. And a lot of us are trying to survive right now in a hope-deprived life. Or maybe we're putting our hope in the wrong places. Maybe you were, you know, you were trying to think, I got to get hope somewhere. And so you're putting your hope in the stock market. How'd that go this year? You're putting your hope in your job security. That did not go well this year. You're putting your hope in, um, you know, other people and having good friendships. And I can see my, anybody else been in and out of quarantine like 37 times? Just me? And so you might have your hope in the wrong place or in the wrong thing. In Hebrews chapter 10, we're reminded, let us hold unswervingly. I love this word. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. What hope do we profess that Jesus is Lord, that he's in my tomorrow, that even if, if the night is chaos, joy comes in the morning, that a new day with Jesus brings new possibilities. Way too many of us Christians, we let go of that hope that we profess and we grab onto the fear that's in the darkness of the night. We let go of that hope that we profess and we, we grab hold of lies from the enemy instead we need to be doing the opposite of that let go of the fear let go of the lies hang on to the hope act like the hope is the the ball my my wife allison is uh, a basketball coach for my youngest daughter claire and it's just one of those things just you got to know when to hold the ball holding on to other things makes it harder to hold on to the thing that you're supposed to. If you're holding on to lies, you're holding on to fear, you're holding on to worry, you're never going to be able to pick up and hold firmly the hope that you've been given. Anyone who's lived through the suicide of a, a loved one uh, or family or friend, um, you have known that thought, I've, I've I've said this to people I've known along the way where I just said, man, if they just could have made it through the night, like if they could have, because so many times before they made it through the night and the next day things didn't look as bleak. The next day new possibilities were there. The next day uh, new hope showed up in the morning from somewhere if they just could have made it through the night and realized there's a new day that's possible, if they could have just seen the sunrise. And so we are called to not lose the grip on that hope that we profess. If you're a person who's losing your grip on that hope, I'm just going to say right now, do not give up. Don't surrender, don't cash it in. Don't forget that 
it might be dark right now and maybe it's been dark for a while but there's a new day that's coming that it gets better and that a day with Christ is amazing and unbelievable and it brings about possibilities that you can't even imagine a day with Christ can bring the thrill of hope even in a weary world a day with Christ can cause a weary person to rejoice if you can just hang on until the morning because it could be new and glorious a new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking that's the third thing a new day with Christ brings the help that you're seeking Lamentations 326 it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord some of you in this room right now you need salvation for your soul like if you don't know Jesus yet I believe in my heart of hearts hundred percent fully completely that you need Christ you need Jesus and that it's it's not a thing that just magically makes your your life all work my, my life has been way harder since I followed Jesus all kinds of things have been ridiculous following Jesus around but it's been better some of you are already Christians and you need salvation from certain situations that you're in you need salvation from the weariness that you're walking through here's here's the truth for today you cannot fathom the difference that a day with Jesus can make in your life the difference that one day with him can make in your life ask Lazarus Lazarus Jesus closest friend dies he's dead four days it says he began to smell bad the King James Version is my favorite it said he stinketh and hope was lost and Jesus looks into the grave where his friend is lying dead and he says get up and Lazarus comes back to life Lazarus says man one day with Jesus made a really big difference in my life there's a woman in the Bible who it says was bleeding for 12 years straight Tampax did not exist this was a horrible experience it was embarrassing it was it was just a, a, a shameful existence and she's bleeding for 12 years and she has one day with Jesus and all of a sudden she's healed there's a man who couldn't walk for 38 years who laid beside a pool called Bethsaida Jesus comes along and says get up and walk and he stands up for the first time and walks on his own one day with Jesus made an incredible difference with him some of you need to hear this right now because you don't believe that uh, something could change and I want you to be reminded that a day with Jesus could change every more than you even thought possible for some of you it's in your marriage and you just think it, it you know it's never gonna be the thing that I envisioned nope it's not it could be way better it could be way better 
Some of you are saying, well, I wish I had a struggling marriage. At least then I'd be married. No, I I want more for you than that. Jesus offers more for you than that. Some of you have sickness in your body. You have friends, family, loved ones who need healing. Our God heals people. He heals people physically. And it's the weirdest thing in the world for me to say I'm a scientifically minded person on most things and it's one of the ones that I'll never be able to wrap my head around it's one of the things I'll ask Jesus about when I get to see him at some point like how did that work and a lot of us get caught up in the well yeah but some people maybe there is healing but he doesn't heal everybody and why doesn't he heal this person but did for that and I don't know but what I do is that I know that our God can heal people and that sometimes he does Some of you right now are just in the night and it's chaos and they're screaming and there's no epidural and the cows are lowing. I want to remind you that you can have hope in the middle of that night because Jesus has been born. Because there's a Savior who is here. Hope is here. Hope is possible. A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. It brings the hope to keep going. It brings you the help that you're seeking. Romans chapter 13, it says, The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. You are nearer to your salvation than you were a day before. Because Jesus was born into this weary world, there's the thrill of hope. Yonder breaks, brings a new and glorious morn. Could our band come back up here? I'll I'll, I'll trade you something, or maybe I need a, a a different music stand. I can hold things. The theme of some of the things I'm talking about today are from the song, Oh Holy Night. I love this song so much because it has such an interesting story about how it came to be. The song, Oh Holy Night, was written in the mid-1800s. It's the kind of culmination of a local priest who asked a man who was from the town he lived in to write a poem about Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 being the birth of Jesus, the things that led up to this night before Jesus being born, the chaos that was going on, and then the joyful morning. And so he hires a poet named Placide Capuol. He was a French wine merchant who was a poet on the side He's like, yeah, you pay me to write about Luke chapter 2. But the thing was, this guy wasn't a believer at all. And he was a bit of a hellraiser. And he was really far from God. But the priest liked the poem that he wrote so much 
that he asked another friend of his, who was also an unbeliever, to put it to music. And so these two guys who do not believe in God write together the song that we now know as Oh Holy Night. After they had written it and it was put to music, it becomes extremely popular in the Catholic Church and starts moving from church to church. It became the most popular song. The Pope asks questions about it and finds out that the two people who put it together were not believers. And he loses his mind. And he said, shut it down. But it was too late. It was already out there. And so then if you fast forward to 1906, a guy named Reginald Fessenden, who is a professor in Canada, ends up doing the impossible. In 1906, he finally gets the right... Um, the right things together, playing around in his garage, and he becomes the first person to ever broadcast a voice over radio waves using a generator and a microphone. On Christmas Eve, the first voice recording to ever go out over the radio, the first person to ever be broadcast over the airwaves said this. These were the first words ever on radio. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who he was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. So, professor in Canada, Reginald, goes on to tell the rest of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, and then he takes out his violin, and he plays it into the microphone, and he sings for the first time the first song ever broadcast on radio the first song ever heard by people over the airwaves, the song, Oh Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining It is the night of the dear Savior's birth Long lay the world in sin and error pining Till he appeared and the soul its worth A thrill of hope The weary world rejoices For yonder breaks A new and glorious morn For 
Father God, I pray that your spirit would minister to your people, that every time we hear this song, that we'd be reminded that a new day can bring more than we ever imagined. God, that you would speak to us in a way that only you can do. And I know that some, some of us, some of us in this room, some of us watching online, we're living in a, a dark night right now. Lord, I just pray that you would bring, you would bring the light of your life into them, that they'd be reminded that there is a thrill of hope because a new day is coming. There's hope to keep on going. There's hope to never surrender, to never give up, that they would know that you are the help that they're seeking. I don't know their details, but you know every one of them. I pray that they would find joy. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for coming to this earth. light into any of the dark places. Bless you. We celebrate you this Christmas. We pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. God bless you all and Merry Christmas. Your challenge is to go out into this world and to, to be the light in the dark places. One of the best ways that we know how to do that is to bring freshly baked just a few hours ago Krispy Kreme donuts to people who need them. Not want them, need them. And so we have tons of boxes here. You are welcome to come up and grab one or two of these to take somewhere. There's lots of places where people are stuck working today and uh, it would be excellent if you showed up. They're sealed. Uh, you know, we thought about not doing it with coronavirus, and we're like, you know what probably helps with healing is donuts. And so grab some of these and bring them to someone who needs them. It might be somebody that you know. That's allowable, too. If you need a donut, we'll let it happen. God bless you. I'll see you all soon. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.